Hi, I'm Cece, and welcome to the Barry Dyers Podcast, where we share our most intimate insecurities, bariatric stories, and battle with obesity. So grab a cup of inspiration with me as we figure out life, post up together. Who's ready to hear an inspirational weight loss surgery story? Today, we're talking to Ashley Coleman from Texas. Hello, Ashley. How are you? Hi, Cece. I'm great. I am so excited to be doing this. I love to be able to get my story out there and just to kind of put the stigma behind on weight loss surgery. So I'm glad that we're doing this. Tell me a little bit about you and what brought you to bariatric surgery. I was a chubby child. I was never... I was never like big, big per se, but I was always chubby, but I was athletic. If I didn't have the athletic stuff like the softball and volleyball cheerleading, I probably would have been out of control with my weight because I admit from a young age, I love food. I would hide in my room and hide snacks in my room that my parents wouldn't see. Or um, I knew I was addicted to food back way back when. And then when I was in high school, I got up to about 210 pounds and I'm five foot six, six and a half on a good day. And I had lost weight. I got down to like 170 and I kept it off for a while till I turned 21 and I was able to go to bars on the weekends and get IHOP and Whataburger at three in the morning. And I gained it all back plus some fast forward another 10 years. I have gained and lost the same 50, 60, 70 pounds. I don't know how many times. And after we had our second baby, I just told my husband, I'm done like doing this. I was almost to the point where I was just okay with being fat for the rest of my life because I was just so mentally frustrated, mentally tired, just constantly thinking about food and exercise and how many calories are in this and what's the portion size of that. And my boss, my principal I worked for at the time, she had had bariatric surgery and she was not like a big, big lady. Like you would think like my 600 pound life. Cause that's what I always thought you had to be morbidly obese to be able to have weight loss surgery. And, you know, the idea kind of got into my head and I was like, you know, let me, let me do some research. Cause at the time I was about 230 pounds, which is not very high for bariatric surgery, but According to my BMI, I was still 36 or something or, you know, what your number was. It was was. over the, uh it was over the the 35 mark. So I contacted, well, I contacted my insurance first and I was like, Hey, what are you, do you cover this? And they were like, yes, but you have to have all these comorbidities with Mm -hmm. it. And, um, I didn't, I was healthy and my stats are all great. So I called around to see if any surgeons around here would do cash and, called several in Houston and they were like 10,000 to $15,000 cash. It's crazy. Um, Nowadays it's like mm-hmm. $20,000. It's so expensive right. and not having insurance is a struggle or not being approved with your insurance is a struggle, but I totally feel you. Cause I'm, I struggled my whole life up and down, up and down. I was right at that 35. My highest was 211 pounds, but I'm four foot 11. I was always right there. It's tough. You found someone to go to. I did. 
I went to a surgeon in Victoria, Texas, which Victoria is not a big city. It's like 60,000 people. And his cash price was $8,900. How long ago was this? Okay, so I had it my surgery um, September 5th of 2019. That's mm-hmm. amazing. I thought you were going to go to Mexico, which that's okay oh, too. <laughs> well, that was that was my next uh, uh, my next step. If I couldn't find someone around here to do mm-hmm. it for less than ten thousand, I mean, eighty nine hundred is still more than what I would have paid in Mexico. I didn't really want to go to Mexico. I mean, I probably wouldn't have honestly. Luckily, I found him, and literally, I went to my consultation, and I had to go get an upper GI done. I had to talk with a nutritionist, and I scheduled my surgery, and it was two weeks after I had my consultation. So he did it without diabetes or sleep apnea or all those other issues. So you had no complications, no medical complications at all. No, wow. and but high blood pressure runs in my family, and I knew that eventually it's gonna like come to that <laughs> if I wouldn't didn't get my weight under control. Um, I mean, not not saying it won't happen, but my family that does have it, they are overweight. I didn't want to come to that. I knew we were done having kids. I'm fairly young. I'm 32. I was only 29 whenever I had it done. I knew it would be a good time. I didn't want to waste another 10 years dieting up and down, up and down before I decided I needed to have weight loss surgery. That's amazing that you did it so young at 29. That's awesome. Your starting weight was 230. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Um, how did it go? How was surgery? And what surgery did you get? We didn't say I had, um, I had the sleeve. Yeah. His cash price for the bypass was, um, 13,000 and I, and then he also didn't recommend it for me because I did not have a ton of weight to lose. He said, I'll get to where I need to go on just with the sleeve. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm comfortable with that for sure. So I was 230. My highest recorded weight was 248. So I did get down to about 147 ish. I stayed between 150 and 155 for, I guess, um, five or six months. And then I had, I gained, I've gained weight back and I would say 2021 was, um, a doozy for me. Um, my eating habits, old eating habits started to creep back in. Now I'm working on trying to get my mindset back to where it needs to, <laughs> needs to be. Cause I, I didn't feel good physically, mentally, and I didn't want to waste that, that chance or, you know, take advantage of my tool that I was given. And so I've been working on it since December. What was your bad eating habits that crept back? Because, you know, I think people need to hear those things. Was it food addiction, binging, a certain kind of food, a certain time of the day? Was it emotional eating? What was it that crept back that made you relapse? Well, I'm a teacher. I teach um, middle school English language arts and reading resource. So that's special ed. There's always something, some snacks, candy um, in the office or in the lounge. People will bring leftover cake from a birthday party and just leave it in the lounge. I mean, it's, it's just everywhere. Or my kids, you know, I have seventh and eighth graders and they are constantly bringing snacks. Or here, Miss Coleman, I brought this for you. And instead of saying no, I would eat them. 
and it would, my breakfast, lunch, and dinner were always, you know, a protein and a veggie for the most part, but it was the snacking between all of that. Or I figured out, and I know a lot of people do this, like if on Friday nights, we usually get pizza, I could eat a piece and a half maybe before I feel full. But then I know 20 minutes later, I can go get another piece. And then 20 minutes later, I can go get another piece. And that is what I was okay. letting creep back in is because, you know, snacking like, this and mm-hmm. teachers bless your soul. Thank you for your service. I'm going to tell you, like they tell my husband, Thank you. <laughs> my sister's a teacher. So I hear, especially COVID is horrible, you know, with the teachers and she was doing the in-class stuff and online stuff. So she's mm-hmm. really doing two jobs for the same price. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you. Cause I know that is teaching is one of the hardest and most unappreciated jobs But on top of that, I do know that parents love to bring their teachers donuts or cookies and snacks every day. Yes, even even at the middle school level, I still get treats from parents or kids. Cookies and for no reason, just bringing (laughs) you food. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I just, I couldn't say, I I just stopped saying no. And it's like, I love sugar. I'm a sugar, sugar addict. But then there's times where I love salty stuff. Cheez-Its were my nemesis. And then just like the little, the little bite-sized like Snickers or Reese's um, always in the lounge. I'd grab a handful and eat them every single time I'd go in there. And it's like, once I have one, I want more. I'm not one of those kind of people that if I have one and I'm satisfied, I have one and then I get the craving to continue to eat. Just kind of staying away from the sugar has yeah. me kind of get back on track. So you started weight was 230. How much did you lose in like your first year? And then how much have you gained back? And then how are you coping, making changes to help lose that again? So I lost my weight. I I was at my lowest. Okay. I had it in September and I got to my lowest weight probably in May. So what is that? Um, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May about eight months. I lost all my weight in about eight months. How much did so you like weigh? One, I was like 147 at the time. And so then, you were feeling good. Oh, you, yeah. Well, you asked what I got, how much I lost in my Yeah. First, so yeah. you were 230 and then you went down in eight months to 147 food freedom, right? So what happened there that made you start to overeat again? Okay. So that was about me. 2020, I, I really stayed between about 150 and 155 until about November. Um, and I got COVID in November of 2020. I, at that point, like I couldn't work out because I couldn't hardly breathe. Um, it affected my breathing a lot. I did have, whenever I had my second child, um, I had developed a pulmonary embolism, um, after the C-section. So, um, my lungs are not, as great as they they could be at my age, but I think having that and then having COVID really affected my breathing. And it was several months that I felt comfortable being able to actually go and exercise again. And with it being November, you know, Thanksgiving, all the parties and you know the Christmas, I got up to like 160 in January of 2021, and 
I just kind of, I don't know. I was very, very consistent working out, but I just could not get my eating back under control. Mm-hmm. And that just goes to show, like, I look at my, my Apple watch stats and there, I mean, there was 341 days that I worked out last year. I counted them and I still gained 15 pounds. Well, not 15, about 12, but 15, if you count the other one. So I did get up to like 170 seven when I went to the doctor at the beginning of uh, December Mm -hmm. and I knew that like that was it so I'm sitting at about 165 to 168 right now because I just was like I can't I can absolutely cannot do that I beat myself up It, it, it was just a mental struggle but a lot of that too was emotional eating I will say because I have anxiety really bad and then I also have depression and so my meds, we took almost all of 2021 to try to figure out what kind of meds were good for me, um, yeah. what would work for me, because I was on Lexapro for about two years and it was great and wonderful. And I felt so good. And then it just quit working. And this past year, I guess I tried three or four different medications and then upping the dose of this last one that I have now, because right now I'm on, um, Bupropion and Buspirone. Yeah, well, Buspirone and Buspar for the depression and anxiety. It is helping because whenever I get sad, I eat. And that was another thing that I just needed to. to I have really bad TMS. So I get it, girl. Sometimes I just (laughs) cry and crying. And I'm like so sad. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I'll cry for anything. I can't watch sad movies. I just cry. Like I get it. I try to stay away from things because I'm just an emotional person. I feel everything they have said, and you may ask your doctor, but they have found that people who've had bariatric surgeries, when they have the surgery, people are having to also up their doses when it comes to anxiety and depression and all that too, because of the bariatric surgery may have been the reason why you had that imbalance. Uh, no, I, I agree. And, um, what I have, what I'm on now, I think is the max dose on both of them. So I'm hoping they last for a while because I really don't want to have to go through the changing meds game again. Um, but I know that triggered, triggered a lot of my emotional eating this past year too. So I'm glad I, I got that under control. I mean, I literally went into my doctor's office in December and I just cried. I cried to her and she completely understands. And, you know, and then I cried to her about my weight and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I just can't control it. And then, you know, and I felt like one of those people on my 600 pound life, when they tell Dr. Now, oh, I swear I've been eating on plan, but I've gained 20 pounds this month. (laughs) Like, that's what it felt like. Like I had, I don't know, like she didn't believe me like Dr. Now, but she did, but I felt stupid saying, yeah, you know, I'm trying like, really hard. I'm exercising and I'm well, still getting That's and, not possible, ma'am. <laughs> I know. <laughs> if you're doing it right. So how have you coped now that your prescriptions are lined up and you feel better? How are you coping with the food cravings and all of those things? So I talked about this on my Instagram the other day, what I've been doing, and I actually learned this on a different podcast, um, 
they, I, I shifted my mindset to say to myself, now would a healthy person eat this? Would a healthy person do that? And would a healthy person go and grab cookies out of the cabinet just because they're bored? So I've been trying to ask myself that every time I find myself wandering to the, the fridge or to the mm-hmm. pantry or whatever, even though I'm not, not hungry, my biggest thing is the snacking. And especially at nighttime after the boys go to bed, I yeah. sit in the recliner with my husband and we watch TV and I snack. So I've been really focusing on breakfast, lunch, mid-afternoon snack, dinner, listening for those hunger cues. But honestly, I don't really get hungry. My stomach never really growls. I will get lightheaded or shaky before I actually feel hunger pangs. Mm-hmm. So I really try to listen to that. And also as soon as I start to feel full, I stop because I found myself pushing the limit last year. And there was a few times that I had to go make myself throw up because I felt terrible. It, I was miserable at how much I had eaten and I still can't eat that much, but it was just like, Oh, just one more bite, just one more bite. And then at that point, it's like, you're regurgitating it and it's like coming up on its own because it, there's no room left. I don't know. It's embarrassing to even say that I had to go make myself puke and that I let, you know, the mental struggle get to me, but I'm learned from it. And I'm hoping that this year will be. No, it happens. And I've heard that a lot that it happens. Absolutely happens. Anthony Lawley. Yes, yes. He talks about that where he said he had the surgery he wasn't like mentally committed to it. Mm -hmm. And so he would overeat and he would overeat so much that it would start to come up. And then he would throw up and throw up and throw up. He would get sick and then he'd sort of acclimate to it. And the next day eat less, but then he'd have that binging again and again. And so the surgery was failing for him is what it was at first until he mentally was ready to commit. It happens a lot. I think it happens to all of us. I've done that. I think everybody's done that. We don't talk about it. You feel like you failed, mm-hmm. right? Nobody wants to feel that way. And nobody wants to say that because we feel bad and I get it. What have you done? Um, okay. So I'm a very much an all or nothing kind of girl. And I yeah. really wish I wasn't. So I basically just for at least for the first few weeks that I, I got back on track, I, I kicked it all out. I said, I need to get it out of my system. I need to help my stomach shrink back down. Um, You know, because after you, after you're eating less for a while, your stomach will, will go less or whatever you want to say. But anyways, and then, so like now, I don't know if you've ever tried the dots pretzels, but that's like, that's like my thing. And I will let myself have like in the evenings. Girl, my husband is from Minnesota, Mm -hmm. North Dakota, Minnesota. That's where it started from. That's the lady that made Dot's pretzels. My husband and my son love those. He can eat that whole bag if you let him. They're supposed to be really good. They're amazing. And so like, I'm a a bargain shopper when it comes to groceries. Um, I will, you know, shop the deals and the sales and whatnot, but I will buy that $5, $6 bag of Mm -hmm. pretzels. And I don't do it all the time because if they're here, I want to eat them more, but I've been, you know, I'll let myself have a handful of them, but then I grab a handful and I put it back. I don't go sit back down on the couch and with the bag because then I'll eat 
way more because um, I would consider them kind of a slider food because I can eat way more of them than, you know, chicken. <laughs> um, so that's so, good. So, so he did that too. When he would buy stuff, he'll pre-portion everything out in little Ziploc bags. And that way, when he goes to the pantry and grabs it, he grabs the one serving. You know, that's, that's kind of what you're doing with your little handful. You're only getting a little bit at a time. And that's because if it's in front of you, you're going to eat it all. You're going to sit there and try. It's just, yeah, for sure. It's easy. Uh So, um, I know one thing that I did want to touch on today, I know you haven't asked me this, but I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and take the lead on this is the, the, the biasness, um, that I got for being a non-typical weight loss surgery patient. Um, the rude comments and stuff that I have had from people and, or the, um, you took the easy way out. You could have lost that on your own. You Mm -hmm. shouldn't have had the surgery. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that for anybody who thinks it's the easy way out, it's, I would say yes and no. Yes. At the beginning, because you are forced to not be able to eat what you want to. So yes, the weight does come off very, very easy that first year, but no, I guess that's what people see is that, Oh, you know, it's easy because they're going to lose the weight no matter what, but what people don't see is the mental aspect of it. The, that the head hunger at the very beginning, the buyer's remorse and crying your eyes out because you literally, I was literally mourning food at, at the beginning. Like all I wanted was a big, juicy, greasy cheeseburger from our local joint Mm. here in town for some reason that was all I craved was that damn hamburger (laughs) and just crying because I couldn't have it and crying because I couldn't eat and it's so like people that are thin naturally they just don't get it but you know like people from even the weight loss surgery community they looked at me like, okay, you could have done that on your own. You weren't three, 400 pounds. You shouldn't have gotten the surgery. Mm. And I mean, I got that a lot, especially from, and then my coworkers too. To say somebody's got a different journey because their BMI is 35 compared to 45. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't be the case. Overweight and obesity is obesity. It doesn't matter if you're on the lower end of obesity or the higher end of obesity. It's all the same. I mean, we still have the same struggles. We're not as advanced yet or didn't get that far, but we still have the same struggle that someone who with the BMI of 50, still the same Mm -hmm. struggle. Uh, Absolutely. And I, what I would tell people, especially my coworkers that I worked with was, you know, well, my doctor thinks I was fat enough. (laughs) That's what I would tell them. And my doctor said I could do it. And I would just basically just smile and nod because I got really, really tired of the mm-hmm. comments that, oh, you, you're really not that big. You're not big enough for surgery. But then I lose all my weight and it's like, oh my gosh, you look amazing. Oh my gosh. I'm so proud of you. Like what? It was, it was not okay for me to get the surgery at the beginning because I wasn't that big. But then once I lost it, it was oh my God, you're amazing. And then basically saying, well, yeah, you, you looked like shit 80 pounds ago. You know, I, I don't get people sometimes, honestly. And yeah, it's, this- it's difficult. And then you have the people that don't say anything. And then when you lose all the weight, they don't even give you a compliment or even acknowledge yeah. that you lost weight. 
nothing, absolutely nothing. And she won't even say a kind word that hurts too, though. Yeah. No. And it, there was one specific instance that, um, I was friends or I'm still friends with this, this one girl and I love her to death, but I hadn't seen her in probably a year. I didn't tell her that I had the surgery and I went to, cause they moved away. We moved away, but I went to one of her daughter's birthday parties. I was almost my lowest. I think whenever I saw her, I was probably sitting around 160. And the last time she saw me, I was still like about 220 to 230 pounds, 230 pounds. And she didn't even say, oh my gosh, you look great. Or, oh my gosh, you've lost so much weight, like nothing. And I mean, I, I shouldn't feel so like conceited that everybody needs to uh, compliment my weight loss because I'm more than that. It just struck me as odd that I hadn't seen her in a while. And that's your typical response of, oh my gosh, you look so great. What did you do? How much weight have you lost? Yeah. Um, but she didn't say anything. And, you know, maybe she was just trying to, I don't know, just not talk about my weight. I don't, I, I don't know. But it just, that was one instance that in my mind that somebody just didn't say anything. They hadn't seen me in a while. Something goes off in their brain that, that they're so used to the way you are that once you change that narrative and you're a different person and you lose the weight, then it's something in them that makes them not want to be a part of your life. And, and that, that kind of happens. So I, I think people just, so whoever this person sitting next to you that hadn't seen you in six months and saw you lost that 60 pound shift I think there was just something in her there was just her insecurities and her issues it had nothing to do with you it was her right and and I, I do think that because she is overweight and I know when, when we were neighbors that's how I got to know her um we would always go walking and we joined Weight Watchers and you know all that stuff and so I'm there sure it was kind of a shock go. to yeah. her that mm -hmm. I came back then and she was still you know overweight you know, speaking of sisters, I'm the oldest of four girls. Mm -hmm. And I always would say that I was the the Chloe Kardashian of the bunch, um, because Chloe's known as being the tall, more heavier one, you know, because she was heavy when she was younger. And now she looks fantastic. All of them are like, so she's I, the really, really tall one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, I think she was my favorite. I never I've never seen not one episode of that show. <laughs> but I right. do know of them. Yeah. I love her. And I would always say that that was me because my sisters were all and still are all thin and short. I mean, I'm the tall one. I'm five, six and a half. Um, mm -hmm. And they are all like five, three, five, four. One of my, the youngest sister is five, five. So it was, it, and I was always the really big one compared to them. And it was not, and another thing that, and this is going to sound so stupid is I couldn't share clothes with them growing up. And I couldn't even share shoes with them because I wear a size 10 in shoes and they're all like seven and a half. Like so I you, could have at least given me the same size feet and I could have at least shared shoes. Wait a minute. Them, but, so you were five, six and you wore size 10. How did you uh, have, wear size 10 at five, six? My sister's like five, six and she wears an eight. Uh huh. Well, my mom is five, seven. She's a little bit taller than me and she's in an eight. She's got small feet too. Maybe my it's your genetics or something. I don't know. Well, and it's, I think it's my dad's side of the family and they, mm. my grandma's got big feet and they are 
some of them are bigger people. So I think that's where I got my, my food and my size from. So but has yeah. your shoe size gone down? Have your feet shrunk since? My, my feet have not shrunk. They've gotten like skinnier, but I never really had like fat feet or fat or cankles. Like, so I've never, that yeah. it did not shrink. No, <laughs> but my right foot is smaller than my left foot. So I wear a nine and a half. Well, it would be a nine and a half in my right foot. My left foot's a size 10. So. Cause some people, their feet shrink. They mm-hmm. lose weight yeah. and they, they go down. They say, don't buy shoes when you, after you have bariatric surgery, cause your feet will shrink. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Yeah, no, I've, I've heard that. I think it's because people just like have fat feet when they're, yeah. Maybe it's oh. because I wasn't like 400 pounds. Maybe that's why. But yeah, my sisters and I, now we share clothes, which is nice. I can, when I went to school the other day or a few weeks ago, I spilled coffee on my white shirt that I was wearing on my way to school. And so I texted my sister because she lives where I teach. And I was like, hey, bring me a shirt because I can't wear this <laughs> with a coffee stain all day because I know my kids at school would have made fun of me all day. So she brought me a shirt. 230 pound me wouldn't have been able to do that. I would have had to deal with the coffee stain on my shirt now. So, you know, things like that have been, been nice. Um, one thing that when I did have the surgery is I didn't tell anybody that I was having it except for my husband and one, the sister that lives where I work. And I guess I could say I work where I had my surgery because she lives there and she plays college softball there. And so she knew, so she had to take care of my, our youngest son while I was there for surgery, but yeah, I didn't want, I didn't want any negative energy or I didn't want anyone to try to talk me out of it. Um, I did tell some of my coworkers at work, but that was it. No. Um, yeah, it makes no sense. The whole stigma thing around, it's just bullshit with the bariatric surgery. If you want to get a facelift or Botox or fillers or implants, Mm-hmm. breast implants nobody judges you nobody says no right. it's your choice it's your body do what you want but the minute you say hey I'm having weight loss surgery they're like oh well now you're crossing the line yeah and then they try what to give you advice like what's wrong with you you are crazy it's why would crazy. you want to do that to your mm-hmm. stomach I don't I wouldn't want to eat like that for the rest of my life you know it, it's it's natural now honestly like I know how much to put on my plate. I know what I can handle. I know what I can eat and what's going to hurt my stomach. And like, I don't even think twice about it now. Um, but yeah, you know, and they would always like try to like, I don't know, give me advice. Well, if you, if you go to like Zumba or go, try to do a spin class or, you know, count your calories and eat healthy. I'm like, you don't think I've tried that before. I've yeah. literally done everything under the sun. And, you know, I would be successful at first, but I could never keep it off and maintain it. And so I, I, this was like my last ditch effort was to have the surgery. And I'm so glad I did. No, I know. Cause there's people that have like uh, hormonal issues, PCOS, yeah. or you just can't lose weight for a lot of us, you know, me being older and that diet roller coaster of ups and downs my whole life, you've kind of messed up your whole system, <laughs> you know, starting <laughs> all these diets and getting all, I mean, all the things we do to our bodies. And then, so I think bariatric surgery is kind of like a reboot for your system. It reboots yeah. everything, your hormones, everything just gets like a new fresh start. And so, and it works and I don't understand how it works, but it, it works. I'm just losing weight and I'm not even trying. 
Like I'm not doing anything. I'm doing what I did before. So why couldn't I lose weight before? It's this bariatric surgery is successful, period. It just is, you know, so I, I hate that people judge us for that. Right. Um, I mean, how about now? Do you still get that from people now? Or is it kind of like they've forgotten about, they've forgotten about the overweight Ashley? Yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, I feel like I'm pr pretty normal now. I'm at compared to, so where I work now, nobody's seen me overweight um, because I had already lost it whenever we moved. So whenever I say, oh, I had weight loss surgery and that's why I can only order, you know, like on in-service days we'll go out to eat or whatever. I can only order like a small portion or a la carte or mm -hmm. split it with somebody in, oh, but I don't want anything to drink because I can't drink while I eat still two and a half years out. I can't. So I'll tell them I'm open. I'll, I'm open. And I will tell them and like, oh, I can't imagine you being, you know, 230 pounds. You just look so good. And you know, um, whatever. So they don't, they don't see me as like a different person. Um, like even my, my family, they've gotten used to it. I would say other than my family, the people that are from my past are still there in my past. Um, we've moved forward and moved, we moved back to my hometown and, you know, we're, we're comfortable here. So it's like a new life. It's like a new, new beginning. <laughs> One thing I will add on is, um, there is a thing as skinny privilege, because I get treated way differently now than I did whenever I was obese. Um, it is a thing. Like people treat obese people like shit. You know, people didn't take me seriously. People walked all over me and I let them whenever I was obese. Um, I lacked the confidence and like now people come to me for advice or people don't walk all over me because they say I'm intimidating. They <laughs> have the resting bitch face, which is okay. Cause I, I have the confidence now and I don't let anybody walk all over me anymore. I don't and think you do. I, <laughs> you have a um, sweet face. I don't think you do. Well, thanks. Thanks. Um, I get told to smile a lot. Hey, Coleman, you need to smile. Uh -huh. I did that at school because I was just walking down the hall. I walk laps on my lunch break around the school. People walk by me. Hey, you need to smile. I'm like, zoned out, listening to, you know, Barry Diaries on my podcast. Like, what am I going to smile about, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I get that. I get that a lot. But just my confidence now as a person, you know, soars. It's soaring and like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm married and whatnot. And I love my husband, but even like the men, the coaches that I work with, well, they pay attention to me beforehand when I was fat and nobody even looked my way. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm, I know that sounds bad, but I'm just saying like, you know, people talk to me more than when I was obese. Or oh, no, I get it. No, I, I, I totally get it. Before I got breast cancer, I remember I'd walk into a room my hair was down to my waist. I had beautiful hair, you know, it was in 2011 and people would look and then they get a second look, you know, and I just never, you don't think about that. And then when I had my chemo and radiation and I had no body hair and we would go into places, people will hurry up and turn their head because they don't want to get eye contact because they don't know how to, they're like, caught staring. yeah, they're like, oh God, mm -hmm. you know? And so I get it that look that you get when you lose weight and you start to 
look better in your clothes. I don't know. I, I kind of resent them for that or people yeah. because I think we're beautiful in, in whatever size. And I just, I hate that some people get words like, oh, you're so pretty now. Wow. You're mm-hmm. so pretty. And look, asshole, I was pretty before <laughs> you just right? didn't notice it. I think if they notice me now, it's like, well, screw you because I was beautiful then too. Mm-hmm. And um, I would get that a lot when I was um, obese that, oh, you have such a pretty face. Mm-hmm. I love your eyes. Your smile is gorgeous, but it would, you know, it would be that kind it wasn't like, oh, you look good as a person. Mm-hmm. And it's not all about the looks, but it, they would try to compliment something just to make me feel good even though they didn't like what they saw with my body I was dating slash talking to this one guy when I was in college I mean it didn't it wasn't anything serious and we were at a party and I rem- I was I overheard him say to his friends they were like oh is that your girlfriend you know we were like I don't know 20 at the time 21 uh-huh. and uh-huh. and he was like oh no you know she's pretty but you know, her body though. <gasps> oh my God. But look, she'd be so hot if she had an athletic body. Oh um, my God. I left, Girl, I I've had that happen to me too. And I left, I left the party. So you got such a pretty eating. face, but your body's. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. he was embarrassed to like say, yeah, that's my girl. Even though we weren't officially dating, we were just hanging out, whatever. But I was, I was so have you had sex though? Have you had did you have sex with them? No. Okay, so y'all were just kind of chilling. Okay. okay. Yeah, we were just chilling. Like, okay, just okay, talking, okay. You know, like, but yeah, I was just I just dumped out and I cried. And I cried and cried and cried. Yeah. And because I just could not believe it. And I wasn't even at my heaviest at the time. Like when I was dating him, I was probably about 180 or so, because I had lost a you know a lot of weight my senior year and I kept it off for a while. And um and I, I felt like I had an athletic body, but I guess not. Whatever. Doesn't matter. But speaking of sex, it's so much better now with my husband. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's I, so I, crazy. I it's so crazy. Oh, girl. Toss me around. And yeah, uh, we could never do that. Before. Exciting. Everybody, <laughs> but you feel confident now. He could yes. probably pick you up before, but now you're like, you're into it. I don't it. feel like I'm going to break him. No, I get you. I got you. I, I feel the same way with, with my husband. It's like he's six, two to 20. So he could pick me up mm-hmm. even with my biggest, but I never wanted to be picked up because I felt so self-conscious and I, mm-hmm. I just couldn't let go of that. Felt like worthy uh-huh. of it. I just yes. felt ugly and fat and I just, I was too self-conscious and I just, I couldn't let him and and it's amazing because at my heaviest with him, I was 179. He treats me the same from 179 to now, which now mm-hmm. I'm like 139. He's still in the bed rise. It's still the same for him. Like for you and your husband, mm-hmm. he's probably, he's still, it's still the same for him. But for you, it's like wow, it's like a brand new toy you get to play with. You got this body <laughs> now. It's like, yes. Oh, the lights are on. I don't care. You know, mm-hmm. you know what no, I mean? Totally. Yeah. Cause my, my husband, we met, um, 11 years ago. So we've been together for 11 years and 
when I met him, I was about 220 and he was, he's six, four and he was only one oh, nice. right there. High five for that. Yes. I know. I uh, love tall men. Both my boys, yes. my, both my boys are like super tall for their age too. So mm. I'm like hoping they take after him, but yeah, he was only like 195 when we started dating. So he was like a stick in bones. And now he's sitting at a good 230. Uh, you know, I, I fed him, I beefed him up a little bit. But, you know, I always felt like when we would go out places that people would look at us and be like, oh, he, sh- he shouldn't be with her because he's good looking. I mean, he's gorgeous and strong and muscular. Shit. And I need to go look all at that pictures. stuff. I need to go look at your pictures. <laughs> yeah. and I, I need to go see your husband. Let me like, see. I, Let I me confirm like this really looks. quick. Okay. You oh, wow. He is tall. He's very tall. And he, he just like, he, he can eat whatever he wants. And like, he's been sitting at around 225, 230 for years now. Years. And he doesn't even work out. I'm like, here I am. Like, I'm. I'm watching you eat a double meat cheeseburger and I gained five pounds just by looking at it, you know? And anyway, yeah, he's never, he, he's never treated me any differently. He's always loved me biggest, thinnest, and, um, you know, mm-hmm. through all the struggles, all everything, like my bitchiness sometimes. And be, even before I got on my, my meds, I mean, yeah, we, but like he, he, he said the last few years since I've had the weight loss surgery and I actually got on my med right as I had, right before I had the surgery ish about the same time. And he tells me all the time that it, it's been much easier. What advice would you give to a pre-op patient or that post-op patient who's in that place where you were? I, if I could go back in time, I would fix my relationship I don't like saying relationship with food, really my mindset with food can't have a relationship with food. They're not a person just shift. I would go back and shift my mindset. I'd fix my mindset at the beginning when I'm in the honeymoon stage and fix that mindset that I have with food, because when you're in the honeymoon stage, that first year or so, uh, you're going to lose weight no matter what you eat. And so I knew that. So I still ate whatever I wanted but at the smaller portion. And then when it came to me, whenever I stopped like losing, it really, I guess, affected me more because then I really had to try to shift my mindset again to healthy stuff. So I would say as someone that's newly post-op, ride the wave, but also fix your mindset with food while you're still on that honeymoon stage. So that way, whenever you do stop losing, that it'll be easier for you to maintain your weight and not go back to the old habits or continue, you know, stop losing weight and then start gaining it back because you didn't change your eating habits. That would be my, I guess, number one advice is to try to fix it while you're in the honeymoon stage and don't take advantage of the honeymoon stage. Um, You're going to lose it no matter what you eat, but take that time to really shift over to what you should be eating versus what you just want to eat. Yeah. Also don't listen to what anybody says and do your own thing. Don't let anybody try to talk you out of surgery. If you're pre-op statistics show that only 3% of people that don't have weight loss surgery, keep their weight off. You know, we have a higher chance of keeping our weight off with weight loss surgery. So if you want to do it, jump right in and do it. 
so yeah, that's, that's the advice I wanted to give to somebody. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. I, I, you're absolutely right. I think it's, mm -hmm. um, you know, everybody's different and everybody has to find their own way of how they deal with their own issues and mm -hmm. everybody's going to handle things different and everybody's going to have a different way of eating, a different way of preparing, a different way of meal prepping and their own way of doing it. We have to find our own path. And I think mm -hmm. that's important to yeah. uh, be successful. Yeah. And also one more thing, since doing what everybody else is doing, uh -huh. don't, don't stock up on shakes and protein waters and stuff before surgery, because after <laughs> surgery, yeah. You're going to have all this and then half of it, you're not going to like, or half of it's not going to agree with your stomach or yeah. some of it just tastes bad. Um, and I made that mistake of stocking up Girl. on all that. Crap I did too. I did too. Luckily my husband drank it and my kids liked it, but for me, I could only handle the cookies and cream premier protein and the one you talk about fair life, the fair life ones, mm -hmm. the strawberry banana one those one and they had to be room temperature if they were cold or even water cold I, I couldn't drink it. it it made me gag um right after surgery so yeah that would be another piece of advice is don't buy anything until after yeah. surgery yeah, yeah because you can't even barely drink maybe one of those a day right after surgery maybe and then mm -hmm. maybe you and then you move up to two but you know I bought like five cases <laughs> like of I couldn't eat anything. We just, we buy a lot. That's a good tip. Cause I think we all do that. Everybody's done it. Mm -hmm. We've all done it. So good talking to you today, Ashley. I'm so excited. Thank you for sitting down with me. It was good. Yeah, definitely. And I'm looking forward to um, meeting you in March in Austin. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> You're one of the event ambassadors. And so we'll be getting together on things for that and all the giveaways and surgery giveaways and all the fun stuff from sponsors and vendors and we're excited and the OSLP girls are going to come to Texas are they going to be there yes I'm good they're going to come to the Austin event I'm so excited I'm going to like fangirl over them because I've literally been listening to them since they started <laughs> yeah we need to spread the word in Texas and get yes. everybody over there and it's going to be exciting Thank you for talking with me. I will talk to you soon. That sounds good. We'll have a good day. Good you weekend. Too. See you bye later. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on any platform that you get your podcast. And check us out at Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash fairy diaries for more exclusive content, deep dives, and info on upcoming events. Don't forget, follow us on social media. See you there.